weirdos have to stick together the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about she-ra and the princesses of power my name is nobody and i'm joined by the most wanted criminal on etheria it's chloe how are you today chloe uh doing pretty good all things considered i mean it, it's uh it's been a week of just kind of good shit happening for me basically <laughs> i mean <laughs> glad uh, to hear it yeah i mean uh, as i mentioned before i got i got my hair cut uh, a week ago so that's uh <laughs> that looks fucking rad <laughs> Getting a lot of people saying it looks real nice, just like random people as I walk by, which of course is always like takes me by surprise. Cause then it's like, uh oh, I need to activate like more femme voice at the moment, <laughs> moment's notice <laughs> to be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, uh, like uh, you know that happened obviously. Uh, <laughs> you know, t found out apparently uh, I'm gonna get the the BA done in like two weeks. <laughs> Much <laughs> sooner than expected, but hey, it just worked out that they happened to have a cancellation a few hours before I showed up for my consultation. So like, hey, rad. yeah, so they're like, yeah, we we could do it this day if you want. And I was like, oh well, that's uh, we were expecting closer to the end of September or like early October, but uh, let me just see if this worked out. And then it's like, okay, well, yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, gonna be interesting. <laughs> it's gonna. gonna... Uh, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. It'll be curious to see if it goes better or worse in terms of recovery than my gallbladder surgery. Because, like, that I basically had to lay down, like, for, like, three or four days straight before I could actually really, like, get up to probably do stuff again. Or at least, like, at least get around and be mobile more. Yeah. But, like, that was a case of, like, basically just, like, taking, like, getting up to take medication and then going back to bed and sometimes waking up when it had worn off and being like, oh, fuck, nobody can hear me. I need to try to haul myself out while in pain to get this stuff. <laughs> that was not fun. At least with this, it's, like, probably not going to be as annoying just because, like, I mean, my mom's coming here and she's retired, so it's not like she has other stuff going on besides, like, compared to last time a decade ago when she still had work. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, convalescing with parents could be mm -hmm. uh, interesting. Is the word I'll use. Yeah, like she she told me that she got a hotel room that has two beds because she didn't necessarily need a king, and it wasn't like much different amount of money for the two. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, you could you could stay here at night if you want, just for like especially like the first few days, just when it's like you know just to be sure, because it's like, to be fair, it would be easier to get her attention when she's in like a bed near me compared to like having to like try to get my roommate's attention down the hall yeah. compared, and it would also mean I don't have to have that gross feeling of being in my bed without being in the shower for a week because <laughs> I just I, I'm just like that I just can't go to my and I can't lay down in my bed if I haven't showered I feel gross <laughs> yeah uh, I guess I think for the I think basically as it is I would stay with her for like the night before the surgery just because it's easier for us to just be there and head out to the surgery 
that yeah, day. Yeah, that makes sense. And then at least for the first night, just because that would be like the roughest I'd imagine, and play it by ear based on that. <laughs> yeah. It will be uh, some sort of ordeal, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> to it be will like, indeed. To be like, yeah, uh, cut me open and put silicone in me. <laughs> give, <laughs> give me the boobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm super happy that's going for you. And, uh, yeah. I hope you are prepared to the to join the mandatory bra club. I mean, I've been wearing a bra every day for like at least the last year, if so, like more than that probably. Like at the least, just to make sure that like I wasn't having like clothing rub up against the nips and stuff. Yeah. Because for some reason, uh, that, even having that bit of like, even though it was like a sports bra at the time, like having that bit of like pressing down still at least kept things orderly, so this way it didn't hurt as much if I bumped it into stuff. I don't know. It, was, yeah. it worked that weird. Boobs are strange. <laughs> I just, um, what? your mileage may vary, and mm -hmm. I don't know how far this goes. It, it's different for everybody, but... Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm, I'm sitting at a D-cup right now, and I'm very happy with that. Mm -hmm. But also, uh, wearing bras all the time is awful. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, there is that. <laughs> I mean, it's much like how, like, I've been talking to my mom about, like, trying to, like, find at least one for the, the ride back from, like, the follow-up, because I have to go back to the surgeon a week afterwards for her to <laughs> basically, like, take off, like, the, like, the surgical tape and stuff and just make sure that, like, it's all progressing normally. Right. And I'm like, I don't know if they're going to have me just leave with the, the surgical bra again to just wear that, but at the same time, I probably wouldn't want to necessarily wear it again after having to wear it basically for, like, a week straight. <laughs> <laughs> so I would yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's why I have one that's like, I believe it will be adequate for where I will be at after the implants. I'm just not fully sure, but I hope I'm, I get, at the least it will be enough for the like, hour car ride back basically. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it is a case of me like talking to her, like trying to find the stuff because again, like, figuring out bras for a more like masculine frame like i'm not the biggest person or anything but it's still like definitely still annoying because it's like if i went by the usual sizing it would claim i'm a 30c which no i'm not <laughs> i wear a 34a and there's still space <laughs> so it's like yeah me being like ah, well i'm doing the best i can based on what i assume it will be at but but bras are weird and nobody bothers to try to get it on the same page if making the sizes of one brand be the same in another because <laughs> nobody well, yes. knows this yes, shit yes I do yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, I mean it is it, it is just a little bit dumb like that but it's like at the same time I'm like yeah but bras are like an affirming piece of clothing but also they can be dumb <laughs> it's like I'm like <laughs> You know, there's like that little bit of like, yeah, I got a bra on, but of course, as soon as I get it home, I'm like, fuck this thing, get it off me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just all the weight on mine ends up being on the uh, the torso strap, and that's mm -hmm. awful. I hate mm -hmm. it so. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it would be interested about that because, like, obviously, there's the difference between like natural ones and like having implants so i'm like i'm wondering if it won't be as much of a strain with me just because like they'll be at least held up that regard in a sense that's uh, fair yeah it, it will it will be interesting to see based on like a few months in because i know that they also like over time as people describe it drop and fluff 
I, I'm, right. I'm still not fully sure what they mean by that. They even mentioned that to the surgeon, and she like kind of just like did a little like smirk, and it's like, why, why, why can't you describe more in detail what that would be, lady? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it, basically, it means they're going to start up a little high and odd-looking, but that, they're become more that's natural what I, over time. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's basically how I interpreted it. <laughs> I guess it's more just like the fact that like I understood drop. I don't understand what people mean by fluff. I mean, I, I guess that means more like outward as opposed to up. <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> Again, like I said, boobs are weird. <laughs> boobs are good, but also weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's most like your skin gets really tight after the surgery, and then over time that loosens up and they look yeah. more natural. So yeah, that, that's what the fluffing is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I do know that, like, also when that happens, like, your bra size might also differentiate based on where it was when you first got them in, so... It, yeah. it will, again, it will be interesting to be like, oh yeah, like, to be able to, like, compare to, like, yeah, like, you you, you obviously had, like, way more growth than me, but also, like, you, you've been on hormones longer than me, but I don't think much uh, longer, right? Let's see... Oh, it's August now, so in three weeks it'll be three years on the official stuff and six months on the homebrew. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you have been on it longer than me then, because I'll be at my two-year Sorry, year eight months on the homebrew, my bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, like, I'll be at two years once the end of November rolls around. So, like, yeah, you, you do have longer than me, obviously, but, like, I mean, again, like, I feel like it's like I've kind of just petered out or kind of hit the max for, like, my body mm -hmm. type, because I'm just a small, skinny individual. I don't have any body fat on me, really. So, I don't think I really have the capacity to, like, really put on weight necessarily like that to make it go to the boobs. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was very, um... So, like, all of my growth happens over the course of the last year. Mm -hmm. Just the second I moved to Canada, all of a sudden, kaboom! <laughs> so, they they were waiting for you to like. Well, I mean, they were waiting for you to get out of like, like more fascist country. I know Canada ain't great either, but it's like it seems like it, at the least Canada is better than America at the moment. <laughs> They've been a lot better for me with regard to uh, trans healthcare. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, there's also that. <laughs> but not good enough that I can stay here. I will have to come back to the States to get insurance coverage for bottom surgery, so... Ah, <laughs> uh, bummer. It's, yeah, yeah, it's is a process. You, is it at least covered for you? Because I know you're in Texas, and Texas is not a great state. <laughs> mm, that's going to be an issue. Uh, mm. It's The problem is, is that I'm looking for a specific type of procedure that is mm -hmm. not covered by... Canadian health insurance. Oh, gotcha. So that's. There are insurances in the states that do, and I just have mm -hmm. to get on one of them. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know that if I went with the like, uh, the more expensive insurance at my current job, which I mean coincidentally I will be leaving in two weeks because uh, it turns out when you need to be out of surgery for three weeks and want to find a new job anyway, you kind of just take the opportunity and be like, well, I guess this just works out. <laughs> but also yeah. it's like. It's not a job that pays me enough to be sustainable anyway, so it's not like I'm necessarily losing a whole lot by just saying, like, okay, I gave it an honest shot. You you didn't give me the more hours or, like, you, you didn't make it be full-time nor pay me to compensate for not being full-time nor found me a different contract. It, this, this just has to be this way. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I need I need to just be able to I need to actually be able to be able to schedule an interview and be assured I can get to it compared to my current schedule where 
I worked literally for only 90 minutes yesterday because there was two pieces of mail and one of it was junk mail. Oh no. It's like I didn't have shit to do. <laughs> it's like... I, I was like I, I like I was like in the, like the group chat with like other people on my team being like does anybody have anything I can help with and like nobody was saying anything and I waited a few minutes and I was like okay I guess I'm gonna leave at 11 because <laughs> there's nothing here <laughs> eh, whatever I was there at I least guess, for four yeah. hours today yeah so but it's like I mean I still only have like 12 hours on the clock from this week which admittedly oh, I didn't that's I didn't admittedly I didn't work Tuesday because the appointment for the consultation because it's like I would have had to drive almost two hours from my job to the clinic. So I would have had to leave, be, like, be assured I could leave by one, which was not going to happen. So I was just like, I'll, I'll just say I just need to stay off. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. But even so, I mean, not, not Monday, great, Wednesday, no. Thursday, 12 hours is... <laughs> yeah, it was like seven and a half or whatever Thursday, four today, and then the hour and a half yesterday. Not, not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, I need to have time off to heal up properly anyway, because I won't be able to carry anything really heavier than five pounds for like almost a whole month. So it's like I, I really wouldn't be able to do that job properly much anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, Thank I'm I'm glad that is moving forward for you, and mm -hmm. you know, thanks for being willing to talk about it on the show. Welcome to Boob Talk. It's <laughs> yeah. The, the, Leaving the itty bitty titty committee if that's not something that people have a problem hearing. <laughs> it's very, ex very exciting, that's... but also a bit intimidating because this is two weeks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we needed one to balance it out, you know? We had the butt stuff episodes, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we had, we had to have the butt stuff episodes, and now we have to have the boob episode, and like, f uh, eventually down the line, at some point in the future, both of us will have the bottom stuff episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me! Eventually. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, at the top, like at the, the the Twitter and the uh, the official podcast description referred to it as like two like queer slash nb people. I forget what the term was, so it's like, yeah, you expect that this stuff's gonna happen eventually, anyway, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I admit, I tend to be a little more delicate talking about bottom surgery stuff, just because I think that's a yeah, thing most people uh, are sensitive yeah. about, but there, 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 when it there comes is down that. to it, I have no boundaries. This is not a problem. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a case of it's like a little bit more, I don't know, I guess like content warning, I guess, if we really get into that stuff at some point down the line, compared to me being like, yeah, they're going to shove bags of silicone in my chest. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put that shit in me. <laughs> The boob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I've considered it myself, but that's gotta wait until I'm a lot more financially stable. Yeah, it is quite an amount of money if you if your insurance doesn't cover it, which I feel like a lot of insurances don't just because they deem it as like a cosmetic surgery compared to a like gender affirming surgery, unfortunately. Yeah, I did look into that up here as well, but uh, Canadian, or Ontario insurance at least, only covers uh, breast augmentation for trans people if you have been on hormones for two years and have failed to clear an A cup. Oh, that, I, I guess that, that at least kind of makes sense in a way, just because it's like, yeah, if you haven't cleared an A cup, it's like, well, like, you don't qualify if you're like B or above, which, you know, I, I like I think about it where it's like yeah I haven't had as much progress there unfortunately but like as I found out around all this stuff like my mom's only a B so it's like you know 
you always hear the whole thing of like you can expect to be like a cup size smaller than like female members of your family basically kind of deal so it's like me being like well i guess i'm not technically that far off from there even though mm -hmm. it's like more like i'm closer to like a double a than anything because i don't fill out an a like it <laughs> It could be that maybe if I just wore a different size bra, maybe like if it was like a 30C based on what the calculators tell me, maybe it would still be like the same coverage or whatever, even though it's not the 34A I usually wear. I don't know. Bra Again, bras are dumb. <laughs> bras <laughs> just are stupid. <laughs> Figure that yeah. shit out. It's like one of those things where it's like, why haven't we figured out how to make like windshields that are good against glare against the sun? And then meanwhile, it's like, why also haven't we figured out bras when people have been wearing bras for fucking hundreds of years at this point, basically? <laughs> <laughs> or at least what we think of as a modern bra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yep. to, um... Not to go around spilling secrets, but that whole uh, look to your family thing is kind of the reason I've considered implants, despite being pretty well off. Um, mm -hmm. There are multiple families, members of my family, and I'm not going to say who, that wear uh, G cups, and have at least one who's in a double G, so... Dang! <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, like, a lot, that's a lot of boob. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It is, it is, but it's also like... Uh, these are great, and I'm super happy I got this far, but mm -hmm. it's hard not to feel ripped off when they tell you to look at your family and you don't. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it, it's really just, like, it's a lot of, like, genetic stuff. Okay, I know, I, I'm pretty sure my sister is even bigger than my mom, but it's, like, you know, it, my sister is also, like, a little bit more heavy set than mom. Like, mom, mom mostly just has, like, a mom bod. Like, she had three kids, so it's, like, it's yeah. gonna happen compared to, like, my sister just kind of being... Or that kind of body type, just from I don't know, whatever it was that did it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It it is a case of like me being like, yeah, like with based on you based on the implant size I'm getting, like the doctor said probably like small C with me, but I feel like it's probably gonna be closer to like a like pretty solid B more than anything. Because like you never also see like people being consistent about how much like uh, implant CCs in equate to like cup size because it's like I keep seeing like <laughs> conflicting things where it's like some people say like 150 is a cup size, other people be like 225 is a cup size, and it's like what nobody knows this shit either. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know. We'll figure it out after I get it done, I guess. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's 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 great to hear and. Yep. Um, that's also like 20 minutes. So, <laughs> Boom Talk, the podcast, Boom. coming soon. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I could talk a little bit about Xenoblade 3, even though I don't know if you really play those games. <laughs> I do not, but by all means. Yeah, Xenoblade 3 is good. It's probably the best one of those games, actually. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, admittedly, I didn't play a whole lot of Xenoblade 2, because Xenoblade 2 just. Xenoblade 2 feels like it's, like, the weird one of the three, and I'm not including Xenoblade X, because, like, Xenoblade X is, like, more of a, like, cooperative game, where, like, you can join other people's games, or, like, go with, like, the NPCs, and also have, like, giant mechs and stuff, so it's, like, it's it's a little stranger, and also it's <laughs> on the Wii U, which nobody played, <laughs> so there's that, but it's, like, Xenoblade 1 and 3 are both, like, stories that are, like, serious with, like, realistic kind of characters compared to the cast of two mostly being like a bunch of characters designed by different artists and have just like gigantic titty all the time that it's like this lady would definitely not <laughs> be comfortable with this amount of titty for okay whatever and it's also <laughs> just like it like that game is just like very goofy like the protagonist is just 
kind of a nothing character compared to Shulk and Noah, so in the in one and three, so I don't know. It's strange, and also it has a bad like in-game gacha thing for actually getting new characters essentially, because like you have like your main five party members, but then their different equipable like weapon people are from the gacha thing, except for like a few that are story related. So <laughs> I, I I just didn't like that. It also it also is just bad with its tutorials. Like people say that Zelda Three has a lot of tutorials, but it's like yeah, but they pace them out at least. Zelda Blade Two has too much shit all the time, adding more stuff. But yeah, no, uh, three, 3 is great. I, I like that cast of characters, because they all get actually be characters. Because, like, a problem with one is that, like, only, like, three of the seven members of the party actually really get to be characters much. The rest of them are kind of <laughs> just along for the ride. <laughs> Compared to, like, they actually focus on all the characters getting to be characters, because they're all in battle all the time. So you actually yeah. get to have them be present all the time for cutscenes and stuff, and, like, even, like, side quests. So that's cool. <laughs> And also you get to like change up their like char character classes and give them different outfits that look really goofy on them because they're not designed to be on them. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> it's just funny how everybody keeps joking about how this polycule keeps sharing each other's clothes. <laughs> In well, a sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they straight you up have it. they straight up have a cutscene where they can tell each other's like character class by seeing like with their like magic eye implants or whatever that they have, and then like they activate them and end up like swapping to like switching to each other's like weapons and clothing. <laughs> it's very goofy. <laughs> like I had, I was playing it on the TV in the living room when my roommate was just sitting there watching it because he's been interested in the Xenoblade games and they, that came up and I'm like you can't say this in universe guys you can't do this. This. this is a video game ass mechanic and you're having a serious conversation about it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's 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 a really good game i i like that the side quests in that game actually feel like they're like it's not like the usual like go here and collect this shit like they actually do feel like the side quests are like really meaningful and like you know a lot of them like you actually get like new optional characters that join you as like your temporary seventh party member kind mm -hmm. of deal and it's it's yeah. it's very serious. I mean, they're literally like vat-bred child soldiers fighting an ever war, <laughs> and then them being <laughs> like, "Oh, this is fucked up that we're designed to have like only ten-year lifespans and like come out of the vat at like the age of ten or twelve or whatever, and fight till we die or fight till we live long enough to die honorably in like a ceremony instead. This is fucked. We need to what is, we need to figure this shit out. We've seen too many people of our like friends and <laughs> other comrades die. This is this is fucked. <laughs> like they straight up have a bit in the beginning part after the prologue where you see like a giant like mech roll over bodies of people and it's like that's that's fucked. <laughs> that's just messed <laughs> up. Set up blade. <laughs> and it's it's still very British as hell. <laughs> Naturally, naturally. It, yeah, it, it's still very funny how that worked out. That it's like it was a game that was only being like localized for Britain, like the UK initially, the first one until like that Project Rainfall thing to like get that in some other games like brought over to America actually happened, but they didn't bother to redo the translation and <laughs> voice work over after you know naturally. And so it's like, oh, this actually just kind of has its identity now as, like, the British RPG. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's wonky because of that, but it works. It's, it's really cool. The voice acting is really good. And it's a lot of people who, like, I don't recognize their names. Like, it's a lot of, like, kind of, like, it's not like, oh, you would expect, like, so many AAA games to just use, like, the same eight people all the time kind of deal. Yeah. Like, the biggest I remember is that, like... The person that voiced Melia in the first game, like, went on to be, like, the assistant of the 11th Doctor in Doctor Who, but that was the most part. 
So like, it's like, yeah, that, that's cool, but it's like, that's not what she did before, and she hasn't really done video game work since. Well, she <laughs> came she came back from Melia in like the remake of Xenoblade 1 since they did like an, ex an epilogue thing that they wanted to have in the original game based on like a zone that they had to cut. So they were like, yeah, let's do this because we had that planned and wanted to do it, but we didn't have a chance. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a really good game. I don't think you necessarily have to play the other two to understand it, even though it's like, yeah, it's straight up like taking place after those two games in like a right. combined world because of like bullshit that happens in those two games <laughs> at the end of them. But like, yeah, it's it's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> I might like it more than Elden Ring in terms of twenty twenty game twenty twenty two games. I'm not sure. It's hey, fair. I didn't finish Elden Ring, but also Elden Ring is so fucking big. But then again, this game is also fucking big. I, I literally started, like, I finally continued the story of Chapter 3 in this game, and I was already, like, 13 levels too high because I just kept going and exploring shit and getting new characters to join me. And I was like, whoops, <laughs> this guy is level 22, I'm level 35. Get dunked on, my guy. <laughs> Sorry. I guess I should say I finished up with Pillars of Eternity. I started Pillars of Eternity 2. Um, Dang, not 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 taking a break, huh? <laughs> not vibing with it, if I'm honest. I mm. don't like it as much as the first one. I, I feel it's... like I did also hear way more about the first and the second when it released. Yeah. Yeah, it's very. So they redesigned the system. I, I guess it was. The the system in the first game is similar to D and D, but not quite, and mm -hmm. it's weird. But you can figure it out, even though there aren't really tutorials on it. In the second one, they totally revamped it behind the scenes, but they make it look the same up front, so it's <laughs> it's weird and frustrating and complicated. The defenses and all that don't work the same way at all, so you have to figure out how that works. Uh -huh. But beyond that, it just, like... So you have the option of importing a story from the first game, right? Yeah. And Fair, that's all like, very, like, good. Mass effect -y kind of deal, right? Yeah, kind of. It's a lot more, you have to like go through and manually select it all. It's like the, the Dragon Age Tapestry or whatever, mm -hmm. because oh, yeah, yeah, on cause... PlayStation at least, you can't just directly import the save, you have to recreate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, much, uh, like how, much like how they did that in Mass Effect later on as well. Like, I think it was like sometime after 2 release they added in something like that, where like you could like pick all the major choices from 1 if you didn't have a save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, like, there's a side quest in the first game where you can choose to steal a baby. <laughs> uh, um, okay. <laughs> and I did that because the alternative was to uh, leave her with people who intend to ritually sacrifice her. Ooh, so I stole okay. the baby. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, has some different context there then. Yeah. Mm. The thing is, is that in the second game, if you stole the baby, she is there as a five-year-old, because it's five years later, mm -hmm. and literally the first scene she appears in is a, a man who's part of your pirate crew giving her alcohol, and you cannot say a word about it. There's no option to tell him not to Ugh. give his child booze. And so just right off the bat, that yeah, gave that, me kind of a sour that, taste in that, the mouth. That reminds me of, like, all the, like, the shitty choices in Walking Dead Season 2 in particular. I, I mm -hmm. feel like maybe if you look back on it, it's probably the same in the first game as well, but it didn't feel that like that because it was, like, a, like, new take on their, like, you know, point-and-click adventure kind of game kind of mm -hmm. stuff. 
But yeah, in 2 it was very much a case of like, yep, here's a different cast of characters. They are all introduced just to die, and you can do some choices that get some of them saved for a bit, but they're gonna die in like an hour later on anyway. It's like, <laughs> it's it's very apparent where I guess, it's, fucking, do I need to give a spoiler warning for Walking Dead Season 2 from like 2014? Nah, it's been long I don't, enough. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. In like Episode 2, you, like there's like a character who's like the nephew of like the old guy that you're mostly hanging around with in the first episode who you know gets bit in the end and it's like you can either like leave him to help save his dumbass nephew or you can <laughs> try to help him out and like he's like stays alive a little bit into episode two but then it's like yeah you gotta go get save yourself i'm fucked and he dies anyway because he's yeah. bit, whatever it's gonna happen <laughs> but the, yeah. the dumbass nephew is like bummed out about it and he like shoots another person that he thinks is threatening the group on the bridge and finds out that he's actually like the boyfriend of that guy you meet later on and that guy finds out and he asks you like is that guy like a good guy and like your options are he's a he's a fuck up or he's a good guy but he makes mistakes and if you pick like depending on what you pick that guy will either like save him or let him die in episode two if he's alive, he does jack shit in episode three because he might be because they're like we're not gonna write a bunch of dialogue for him because he might be dead. And then in the very beginning of episode four, he ends up like like separating from the group and you find him like dead as a walker on like a fence. And it's like yep, yeah, this is exactly how I thought this was gonna go because this guy could have died in episode two, so he did nothing in three and he's dead at the beginning of four. What the fuck ever? I don't remember this guy's name. I just remember that it's like yep, this is not at all sad or surprising because of course this guy was gonna fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't get that impression from the uh, from from Pillars of Eternity. Like that's that's not so much the issue. I just like this scene with one of your crewmates giving the kid alcohol. It's just, the fact that you can't tell him not to do that yeah. to your adopted daughter, effectively, because you are the same character. Mm -hmm. It really starts off with a sour taste, and then, like, I don't know how prevalent this is, but the first island is very much like a colonial Jamaica sort of takeaway, mm. where the, the, the mainlanders have come and set up profiteering systems on top of the cool. native land. And, Great. Yeah. And there's not, like, anything you can do about it. There's a side quest where you can get one of the uh, natives cleared for a crime that they did technically commit, but they didn't consider a crime under their laws. Other than that, that's like the most impact you can make on this island. Ugh. Other than following the main story quest and giving the colonial mayor exactly what he wants. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Of, it's a bummer. Kind of, so it's, it's kind of reminding me a bit of like the first big like choice in the other worlds, where it's like, do you like take away the resources of these people who separated from the shitty town to bring them back on like the promise that maybe they'll be treated better, or do you like let them continue what they're doing, which is literally like feeding dead bodies into the ground, like the ground to actually fertilize it, <laughs> and it's like. Yeah. I mean, you try to make it have, like, this big, like, moral decision. I, I feel like it's definitely the latter, though. It's the better option, because it's, like, if there are people that die of natural causes, like, yeah, like, it, it sounds a bit shitty, I guess, to phrase it this way, but put them to use, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it's, like, it's better than joining up with the stupid fucking, like, corporation assholes, <laughs> I guess, is how I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. 
So I mean, in that, I in that game, like, I'm gonna stick with this one. Yeah. But we'll see. Like that game also just lets you fully like hand in the guy who like gets you out of like the cold storage or whatever kind of deal to sell him out <laughs> and then just become a corporate stooge. And it's like that also is bad. <laughs> Don't do yeah. that. Oh, the other thing I forgot. The, the, the so Pillars of Eternity Two has this mechanic called blessings. Basically, every time you get an achievement in the game, you get some blessings. Mm -hmm. The trouble is they are literally and entirely useless unless you are starting a new game. Which oh, means cool. that every time you pop an achievement, you'll get this notification about how many blessings you're getting, and then you can't check that because it's not displayed anywhere, and they don't do anything. Great. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Love that. That's not over-designed at all. Nope. But, um, yeah, so that's that's the D&D &D game I'm playing. And speaking of D&D &D games we're playing... Uh... <laughs> hey, there's a, trans there's a transition. We finally got an okay one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Took us what, get... like thir almost 30 episodes? <laughs> uh, this is episode 32. <laughs> oh, okay. My, my count was a little off, but close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so my episode this week is season two, episode four, Roll With It. It's it's a D&D &D episode, but it's not as much D&D &D as you would want it to be. Uh, <laughs> It took me, admittedly, like, almost halfway in the episode to be like, oh, that's why it's called Roll With It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, because it, it's really more they're sitting at a table and, like, Adora happens to have, like, a Dungeon Master, like, like screen and everything. But it's really more they just have, like, a regular mat. They don't have any dice. So it's, like, it's really more just, like, hypothetical scenarios in D&D. But it's, like, it, it is straight up. They have, like, figurines and well, stuff to represent characters. <laughs> We'll get to that, but they do have some way of determining random number generation. So even if there's not dice, maybe they're just using Bo's pad for that. But mm, yeah, yeah. So um, we open at an unnamed horde occupied fortress, which uh, Adora, Glimmer, and Bo are sneaking into because they're here to liberate it. Uh, they're like crawling along the edge of a cliff, and they make a quick plan and then go in. Just, you know, pretty standard stuff. Teleporting, they, punching out troopers, goo arrows. They also uh, go ahead and screw me over by immediately having Adora already transformed, so my count is not as much as I would have preferred it to be. But then, then she actually transforms later on this episode, but still. It's <laughs> like, it, it was very much like the beginning of the episode, like, oh, how dare you already have her transformed and not do the sequence. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so they, they're doing all right at first, and then Bo gets shot in the chest with an anti-aircraft cannon and falls to his death in a canyon. Rip. <laughs> um, if I were making the episode, this is where I would put the opening credits, but they zoom out and show us that it's a simulation before the episode starts, so no freaking out, kids, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> They can't, they can't make you have to wait through a minute of credits and then be like, oh, JK. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so what's happening here is uh, these three are working on battle strategies for taking this fortress in real life by playing D&D. &D. Uh, this is entirely too meta for this show, and we can't make that joke anymore, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess it's like, oh, we kept making a bunch of like D&D &D jokes about this show, and meanwhile they're like, hey, let's just straight up have a D&D &D episode, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, so we come back on uh, Bo, fe really feeling like he shouldn't die, but uh, according to Glimmer, he failed his observation check. So, 
clearly there's some random generation here. That's what I was talking about a moment ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's like very much like yeah, they definitely have to have like some. They're doing. They're basically like, yep, yeah, we definitely fucked up a perception check here, but we can't call yeah. it perception. <laughs> yeah, and since he f messed up the observation check, uh, he didn't see the turret, and then he got shot and died, because you know falling to your death does a ton of damage and knocks death saves off your total. Um, <laughs> we also see at this point, uh, he's made little She-Ra and Glimmer figures to go along with his tiny bow from last season. Uh, truly, he is a mini-painting oh, dork. Uh, I think, wait, no, if I remember correctly, when they were trying to plan, like, to save Entrapta, I think that they wanted, like, one of the other princes mentioned using those three figurines. I think they said that they had three of them, and, like, Adora wouldn't let them use Mini Bow, Mini Adora, or Mini Glimmer. I think they had, yeah, I think she had those in another episode. Uh, I mean, there was one of them, but I'm fairly sure they didn't all exist at the time. Hmm. Maybe I'm misremembering. Also, uh, just pointing out here, uh, Bo is a rogue artificer. He has Feverfall on his spell list. What are you doing, Bo? <laughs> Could have <laughs> saved yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe he just Maybe he just doesn't have it. Uh... Wait, shit. Do artificers prepare their spells, or do they know spells? I think they, uh, I think I they think... know spells. Oh, no, wait. I think they might prepare spells? I don't know. I'm curious about this. Because they only spell. have, like three a day yeah it's a very limited number so it's, i think they're it's, a knowledge oh, class. It's, it's not three per day it's that they have the like the, th the two the two thirds progression like uh paladin yeah. and ranger i'm actually checking this artificer <laughs> thank you dnd 5e dot wiki dot <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Uh, oh no yeah you prepare on the artificer fellas so they are like a like druid or like a cleric basically well, all yeah. right. Yeah, they don't have to. They're not like a sorcerer where they only have a certain amount that they know. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But either way, um, Adora wants to reset the scenario and try again because she's a little upset that their plans always fail, and that is bothering her a lot. Um, she's trying to work on a strategy to retake this castle because she's terrified that they constantly have to improvise. But that said, they are strategizing via Dungeons and Dragons, which means all of this is made up. They have no idea what the castle's defenses are, they're just guessing. So there's not really a point planning with this system, but whatever. This is just her imagining what might happen, so... I don't know, maybe get some recon or something. Uh, send Glimmer up there to report troop positions, she can just get back out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> So this fortress, uh, it blocks a mountain pass, which is apparently strategically important, but we don't super know why, and Adora is insistent on doing this right. But uh, we cut up to the fortress where we find out that Scorpia is in charge, backed up by Lonnie, Kyle, and Rogelio. Uh, I guess there are not a lot of adult officers in the horde, <laughs> because... <laughs> Or they just don't have enough of a budget yet in this uh, point in the show to introduce a lot more characters. Because they really haven't introduced, like, a single new character this entire season. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we got uh, Octavia in the flashback episodes last true, season. She true. could be a fourth yeah. general, but yeah, she's that's not. True. Yeah, she's, she's off somewhere else doing some of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Scorpia is also a little bit on edge because Catra left her in charge of this place and she wants to make sure to do it right to impress Catra because she cares about Catra so much. 
which is absolutely not gay. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not like we're going to uh, come back to this topic uh, in next episode. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think I missed uh, bringing it up, but they said that the entire horde came to Bright Moon, but that they captured the past during that battle. What troops did they have to capture the, like, the past during that battle when they had the entire horde go to Bright Moon? <laughs> well, what I will give charitably is that they never actually said the entire horde went to Bright Moon. They just said that the entire horde was moving through the forest. So maybe the uh, okay, contingent fair. broke yeah. off. Yeah, maybe like they sent like a skeleton crew to be like, yeah, go take that because people are going to be focused on Bright Moon instead. But yes, that is being incredibly generous. They definitely told us everyone was coming to Bright Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, don't think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a so lot yeah, of... Um, I guess, I don't know, maybe this is, like, something that I can talk about more when we get to it in the next episode, but I feel like just because this show is designed a little bit more for, like, a younger audience, they kind of do just have some stuff pop off that just happens. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like the, uh, Entraptor survives getting fucking burned alive a second after the door closes, but she's fine yeah. anyway. Kind of deal where it's like, oh, well, this is just taken care of. Don't worry about it. It's like, you know, well, I'll talk about it when we get to, like, her getting the data disc out of fucking nowhere. But I guess it's like, it's one of those sim similar kinds of things to, like, yeah, they just have this pass now, even though it's like, they did explicitly say all the horde went to Bright Moon and nobody else deviated to go anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 rough sometimes. If mm -hmm. anything else, I would totally understand Entrapta having that disc. We saw her fixing it, so she knows. Like, it's established that she has it in her possession. We oh just no, don't know I why meant she I has meant, it today. I meant the big disc, not the one that's in. Like, oh, that. Storage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that where she's like, "Hey, I got this," and it's like, "When did you get this?" Yeah, when the you know that stuff is going on, I just didn't want to bother everybody by mentioning it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll talk about it more when we get there in that episode, but still. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's Scorpia is trying to run this place and do it right, but mostly that just seems to consist of her yelling at Kyle to do stuff. Uh, she does get it into her head to buy Catra a thank you gift for leaving her in charge, which is not traditionally how hierarchies work, but yeah. she's not gay. What are you talking about? <laughs> and she starts bothering the horde trio about that asking what they think she should get but lonnie pretty much sticks to tasks she wants to go check the defenses uh scorpia at this point also swears to defend the past with her very life because she is so desperate to impress katra uh she's not gonna die in this episode that's not a spoiler but she does not defend this past yeah, with her I, life I, I feel like if this was like a I don't know, I guess a more, like, serious show, which is some something weird to say in a show that has dealt with a lot of, like, parental manipulation and also, like, manipulation from friends and stuff like that, that it's, like, if this <laughs> is, like, a more serious show, I feel like this would be, again, like, it's kind of like how I kept saying, like, Ida, stop saying shit, that would be such a clear, obvious death flag where I thought that you could actually potentially legit die before season two ended <laughs> kind of deal. But it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, this would definitely be, like, the like the biggest thing. This is, again, not a spoiler for Xenoblade 3 because it happens in the first hour. It's only how a character is like, yeah, I'm, like, a month from retirement. And then it's like, yes, that character does not make it past the prologue because, of course, he yeah. doesn't. <laughs> and it's like, yes, it's like, you could not, you don't do that in a video game and expect to make it out, my guy. <laughs> also, he was not in any trailer, so it's like, yeah, this guy is definitely a temporary party member. He is not going to make it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I played too many JRPGs to know this shit. <laughs> but you don't tempt fate like that. <laughs> Alright, well we jump back to the uh, the strategy tent, where Glimmer insists that Adora's plans aren't going to work because she thinks Adora is too obsessed with sneaking and not enough on action. So she takes over as GM for a while, at which point we got her version of the mission, which is hyper-stylized arts, just very, like... 1920s fused with anime fused with jazz mm -hmm. music yeah I, I i want the rest of the show to be drawn in this glimmer anime style <laughs> <laughs> it rules but, yeah the trouble is her plan is mostly just teleporting constantly and beating everyone up with no real strategy and also she forgot to keep track of how many teleports she has so the plan yeah, doesn't I, work again glimmer like yeah you're definitely not a uh, 17th level warlock so you only have like two spell slots a day <laughs> or short rest <laughs> you got you gotta keep track of that shit maybe she has maybe she has she definitely has fate touched as a feat so she definitely has like an extra bonus misty step that she just gets <laughs> yeah um, adora points out that this is supposed to be a real life plan which seems pretty clear to me but Glimmer doesn't seem to get it and tries to start again, but then Mermista shows up and wants to know why they're playing with dolls. She's supposed to be on watch, but she switched with Perfuma. And this is where we also got the reveal that the strategy tent is like maybe, maybe a thousand feet from the fort. It is just right there. Yeah. They are. <laughs> like they, they've gotten all the way to on the cusp of attacking the fort without having a fucking plan yet. <laughs> Why why does Queen Angela keep trusting them with missions when they... I mean, they've lampshade that their plans always fuck up. So it's like, why is she not putting somebody else in charge of, like, anything here? At least coming up with a plan to have them carry out. Yeah, it's gonna get worse later, believe me. Um, oh, great. <laughs> so despite Mermista's whole disaffected thing, she, she immediately wants in on the mission planning thing, and claims the Shira mini for herself, which it seems at first to be just kind of a jerk move, but also like I don't know about you, but I remember how Mermista was looking at Shira when they first met. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she is she's also gay. Also you skipped over Bo dying again because Glimmer just falls on him. <laughs> I, oh, yes, I, I remember I remember that because in my notes I have Rip again because I had Rip at er earlier on when Bo fell off in the other pretend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so Glimmer gets annoyed by this and teleports Ramista out of the tent back to the main camp for some reason. The Bright Moon Army is here. Um, they weren't at the battle two weeks ago, but they're here today. Yeah, uh, where the fuck were they when they were actually attacked? <laughs> And also the Red Minotaur lady is there, so it's nice to see mm -hmm. that she's doing okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, the lady I incorrectly referred to as a tiefling, who's actually a minotaur. <laughs> we, we kind of pan over to the fort, and as we do, we realize that they are camped literally in the pass that the fort is blocking off. They're just around the corner, but the canyon curves, and that's where they set up their camp. That's <laughs> mm -hmm. the only yep. reason... That the horde don't know they're there is that the horde don't have like they're, they're, or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're in the horde's blind spot. It's like they're a big truck and they just can't see around enough of it to notice that they're right there on their tail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so rough. I don't know why they put this camp here. It's bad. 
Well, again, as they established, they never have their plans work, so I feel- and because they're right here before they really came up with a plan of attack, I feel like they didn't even bother to think about the logistics of where they should put their fucking camp. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it's, it makes sense for us to just have it like we're an invading army or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I just feel like if you're trying to sneak up on the enemy fortress, you need to not be in their overwatch zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so, you know uh, you know they have a lot of people actively on overwatch mode so like as soon as you move they're just gonna get free shots on you and you're gonna lose like eight of your soldiers trying to just move into cover doing that because <laughs> uh well, i mean the fucking ai just fucking fucks you over sometimes in those games yeah well that's another thing that we like the bright moon army is here uh, they are not using them in the simulations. Nope. They're just planning nope. for the three of them not to at do all, everything. Not at all taking them into account. Maybe they're just there to persuade the Horde to not just overrun the tent of, like, five princesses and a dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just need enough people to make them not just come and fuck us over and make us run off or whatever. <laughs> you won't actually <laughs> yeah. do anything. You're just here to look pretty and per uh, persuade them not to just run over and over. Yeah, so up on the wall, uh, Lonnie's iPod gets a, or iPad gets a notification. Uh, apparently they've developed a way to track princess magic, and since Glimmer teleported, they know that there's a princess there now. <laughs> but uh, she comes back saying that she still thinks her plan could work, but Adora still doesn't agree, insisting that Glimmer has not taken Catra into account. And at this point we get uh, like a... a it's back in the early jazz scenario. Glimmer's Catra is like a flapper slash evil heiress. <laughs> mm -hmm. Again, rules. Please do the yeah, rest of the show in this art style. <laughs> <laughs> the real trouble is that this version of Catra doesn't seem to be a combatant very much, as much as a mastermind. And her plan is that she has armed the fortress with a bomb to destroy her enemies. Yeah. I mean, but, this Catra straight up has a, like, pet cat, right? That's, that's that one. Yeah. <laughs> Is, yeah, is, that a bit, is that a bit fucked up for a Tabaxi to have a pet cat? <laughs> I don't think it's that weird. I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking of it in terms of like the uh, the bit in DuckTales 2017 when, uh, oh god, I'm drawing a blank on her name, the, the space lesbian. It's just like looking between like the the, the triplet and, uh, god, why am I drawing a uh, <laughs> Maybe like feeding the duck, just looking back and forth between the two of them, just being like, wait, they're feeding a duck and they're ducks, and this is just a regular ass duck, but they're humanoid ducks. What? <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of it like that. <laughs> this does suggest like the hell is her name? We haven't <laughs> seen cats in on Eternia or on Etheria before now. This is true. So, like yeah, this does suggest that there are actual cats. If Glimmer, unless Glimmer is just imagining cats wholesale. <laughs> But, yeah. Right, but number. I was trying to remember what her name was. I was like, the space <laughs> lesbian from DuckTales 2017. It's like, oh, there's really only one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so it's um, hmm. it, it's just not a a bomb in the tower isn't really Catra style, and it's not super a good strategy anyway. But Perfuma interrupts joining the session, and uh, her character Im jumps into the scenario and immediately accidentally kills Bo again, so... <laughs> yep. Three deaths so far for Bo. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, Frosta and Mermista are also here because Mermista told them that these three were playing a game and they want to join. Adora insists it's serious, but they don't really believe her and start playing anyway. <laughs> Up on the wall, Scorpia starts briefing her spy bots, telling them that they need to go gather information about the princesses so that she can prove to Catra that they're best friends and have a quote, eternal bond. But she doesn't know how the voice work, how the bots work, and also they weren't turned on, and also they aren't voice controlled. And also she can't use the remote control with her scorpion claws, so she has to have Lonnie do it. Yeah, Very sad but... for Scorpia in this episode. She's too cute, and it's not fair that the Horde doesn't make their tech accessible to yeah, their soldiers. The... Yeah, the Horde needs to ever, like, make, uh, like, Scorpion Lady a compatible tech that she can use. Or uh, maybe Entrapta can make her, like, I don't know, like, basically, like, robot gloves that she can put her claws into and have, like, normal, yeah. like, regular, like, fingers to use stuff if they're not going to be accessible to her. <laughs> yeah, I just... Look, we talked so much about Hordak being a good boss, but we find out here that he doesn't make his tech base level acceptable to one of his... Yeah. I mean, they're force captains, but they're like his generals, effectively. Yeah, pretty and much. And she just can't do stuff, because... I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess it's just him being lazy, because it's like, I mean... We know that uh, Scorpia is, like, family during the Horde, but we never see any other Scorpion people besides her, right? Uh, I... Don't think so, no. I don't think anyone else so, from so, her family ever shows yeah, up. Yeah, so, like, maybe she's, like, the only one who's actively, like, actively in the Horde as a combatant, so maybe they're just like, yeah, there's only one person, it doesn't matter. She's usually with Catra anyway, or in Trapta, so they can do it for her, so they're just being lazy. Even so, mobility tools are important. Yeah, it, it's, it's like, I don't know, they're the company, they're like, and we have one trans person, we don't need, like, inclusive bathrooms, it's just one person. <laughs> kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hordak is very supportive, but he is not ADA compliant. <laughs> no, he isn't that. <laughs> but yeah, so she does love the little robots. They're cute, so that's that's something for her at least. Um Back at the war table, uh Bo takes over as GM and his scenario is a lot more fantastical adventure. It's all big magic adventure, no death or darkness. It's um it's it's eighties Shira. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like even but, I like I I feel like even if you weren't showing me the designs, it would have been like, Oh, this is just straight up the eighties designs. Yeah. Because the they're, characters they're, are straight they're, up. Right yeah, in they're the 80s they're designs. very they're very over the top. Everybody's got like titty armor and everything. <laughs> even Bo has kind of titty armor even though he <laughs> doesn't have boobs. <laughs> but yeah, it's like and then you see like the catcher where it's like, Yeah, that is just a lady with that that is basically just like the like uh, Mikote equivalent of a cat person, where it's like it's just a person with cat ears and a tail, <laughs> compared to what Catcher is, where she's actually just full on a cat person. Yeah, yeah. Bo doesn't go full eighties Bo, which is probably for the best. But <laughs> he, he does have a bad mustache, is... though. <laughs> yeah, he does have the bad mustache, but his chest piece is well. It's it's not quite the same, but it's close. Uh, Frost's outfit is also a little different from the original, but that's mostly because she is a child and not an adult. Yeah, woman. yeah, I was about to say yeah, because she was a grown lady in the original, and she's like ten in this. So yeah, they had to obviously change her outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So his plan in this version is to shoot the turrets out from a distance with his bow, which, I, I guess he could probably I don't know. 
just feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of a turret if you can destroy it with a bow. Uh, <laughs> well, well, he's 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 got trick arrows, so maybe he has like a, like EMP arrow or something. Well, he does have like exploding arrows and junk. I just the whole reason you use a gun is so you have range over a bow, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, like when it comes to the rebellion, I feel like aside from like the few that are here that are princesses and bow, like most of them are just like regular ass soldiers that don't have like magic or like techno arrow kind of stuff. So like they're probably just regular people with regular swords and bows and stuff. Yeah. So they're well, like, from what they're we've seen, most of them don't even have bows. They tend to just use not even spears. They're like quarter staffs with fancy toppers. Yeah, like yeah, like ninety eight percent of like the rebellion's forces, at least when they actually do stuff, are just like regular people and not like people that have magic. So it's like the turrets are useful against them. It's just that there's like that like two percent of the group that they can't be dependent upon because they have fucking magic and stuff. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I, I'm too much, too deep, too much examination. I just don't feel like... that. That's what we do here. <laughs> I don't feel like even Bo could take out these turrets with arrows. There's enough turrets that, sure, maybe he could get one or two, but in order for him to be in range, he would just get chawed up by these guns. <laughs> but... Either way, but, um, but don't, don't longbows have like a like three something ridiculous like effective range? Isn't it like three hundred meters or something? <laughs> I can tell you this much: they don't have as good a range as an anti-aircraft gun. <laughs> True. Okay, yeah, longbow is one fifty and then six hundred with disadvantage. So still, but yeah, probably not as much as a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so his plan is to shoot out the turrets and then have Glimmer teleport everyone up there and then basically just make puns at Catra until she leaves. That's not super what happens, but it's basically what happens. And then he somehow dies by shooting himself with a net arrow. Um. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he he just happens to roll that net one on that attack roll, and it's like it's like he 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 does like it's for some reason he has like double disadvantage, and he rolls two net ones at one in four hundred chance, and it's like the GM is just like, okay, you have to roll once more to see if you hit yourself, and then he rolls a net twenty, and it's like okay, well you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Perfuma then suggests making a plant golem to knock down the fortress, but Adora is annoyed that she's just making stuff up instead of trying to even trying to do something realistic, because she, you know, Perfuma can't make plant golems. Uh, Mermista's plan is not any better though, because she just stole Adora's transformation sequence and names herself Sira, Princess yep. of the Ocean. Uh, I guess we don't count this as an actual transformation sequence because it's also not the entire transformation sequence. Yeah, it's only like three yeah. or four seconds. Uh, we also do get a brief shot of Swiftwind, but as a dolphin, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that gets Perfuma upset because if she can't make plant golems, then Mermista can't do the Sira thing and they they they're they're arguing a little bit and then Frosta jumps in with her edgy grimdark character the Winter's Bane who is a massive one-eyed warrior with a great sword of plus 3 strength um I, so I guess we have to include Frosta in the OC dorks with loose anatomy here. Yeah, Frosta is the one who's clearly just here to play D and D and does not yeah, care yeah. about strategy. She 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 was told they were playing a tabletop game. They're playing Five E, but she thought that they were actually playing Hero, so she designed a Hero character. 
And it's like she's like super, like basically wait I wait I thought we were playing a superhero genre like I I thought we were building characters based on like 400 points and it's like oh and then we're playing 5e okay well I can I can still make this work somehow. Yeah, the, the main thing about the Winter's Bane is that she's just Frosta, but she's made like a a body for herself out of ice. It's it's a enormous suit of ice armor that makes her like 12 feet tall, but. Either way, they all just kind of dissolve into arguing amongst themselves, and the bot gets there. So Scorpia and the others watch as the princess argue about their imaginary powers. And while Lonnie is pretty incredulous about this, Scorpia takes it at face value because she's too pure for this world, and assumes they are actually going to get murder frozen and then attacked with plant golems and then splashed by Sira. <laughs> I still like that Mermista couldn't even be bothered to come up with an original name for her Sira self-insert. She just... Change the letter around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's, it's like it makes no sense that you still have the raw part in there, lady. <laughs> so Lonnie does point out that this is clearly them just goofing around, but back in the tent, uh, the bot gets splashed with some of Mermista's soda and has a touching death scene as dramatic death music plays. No. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bot. The bot, this bot is like the first actual character that has died in this show. I think that we yeah, see on screen, right? I think that is the case, yes. <laughs> yeah, aside from like all those people that were killed in the anti uh, suset yeah, team yeah, yeah. in the finale. But those were all off screen. We didn't see any of them die. Yeah, I'm this, pretty sure. This, this poor cute little robot is the first death. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So the princesses at this point start arguing about what Catra's like and what they should expect. And we get a scene with four or five different catchers hanging all over Adora, but she just insists that none of it's right. Um, Glimmer reveals that they have been here for, quote, hours and are still just camping here not doing anything. Uh, and Adora insists that they need to have something because she just knows the Horde will counter them if they don't have a plan. And both finally realizes that there's something up with her. I feel like he's been more emotionally intelligent before, but it, I guess he was excited about playing games. And... <laughs> kind of prompts her to explain what the real problem is, and she lays down the worst-case scenario. Uh, she knows that Catra's going to try to isolate her and neutralize her by stealing the sword, and then uh, overwhelm the others with bots and force Glimmer to waste magic, and then watch Adora to... then make Adora watch them all die. It's dark. She has yeah. PTSD. <laughs> mm -hmm. At the least, she's, like... She's cognizant enough to understand that this is exactly what would happen because, like, she understands that she's like, yes, I would be that much of an idiot and fall for the same shit repeatedly because Catherine knows how to push my buttons. <laughs> yeah, so we get the. She still feels guilty about the battle at the end of the first season. This isn't something we've gone into a ton of depth over the course of this season, but here we find out that. Uh, She's super upset that the Horde nearly won and is blaming herself for all of it, insisting that she has to be perfect or else the planet dies. <laughs> but Glimmer at this point reminds her that, you know, she was caught and had no powers and was in the Fright Zone and Adora still saved her and they still won. And uh, bad things are going to happen, but there's nothing you can do about bad things happening, so you have to be able to roll with it as it goes and trust your friends to be there. Hey. <laughs> You see, roll with it is a double meaning. It's like it's yeah. a it's a, mm -hmm. it's a cap on. <laughs> um, 
Back at the fort, they've reinforced the defenses with extra bots, and they've got Regelio on a turret now. Uh, and Scorpio is, Scorpia is still worried about the plant monsters, and also, this is the first time anyone says Regelio's name in the show. Uh, Scorpia does not know who that is. <laughs> Fair. It, it, nobody said his name up till now. <laughs> uh, we also get a confirmation here that Scorpia doesn't speak Lizard Man. Uh, Kyle does. So it's possible that the only reason Kyle is still around for the Horde is because they keep him on board <laughs> as a translator for Lizard. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh dang, what is actually, what is the Lizard Folk language in D&D? Lizard Folk. Oh, they just speak Draconic, okay. Yeah, I guess nobody <laughs> in the Horde speaks Draconic then. <laughs> Except Kyle. <laughs> It's his latent He-Man powers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the fortress rocks as a pair of enormous hands grab the wall. Perfuma rises up with a huge plant golem. We never really get confirmation of how she made a huge plant golem when that's not a <laughs> yeah. thing she can do. Yeah, no, she's never done this before. Is she going to do this ever again? I don't think so, no. <laughs> Uh, she 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 got to level uh, seven and she's like, oh, I can cast seven elemental. I'll try this out once, and then it's like, yeah, I didn't really fancy that much, but I had to try it once. I think what this might be is like her just creating a topiary effectively. Like it's not actually a threat; it's just a, a manicured bush. But yeah. either way, Frost it's, impo it's in imposing her. enough, and it, it's imposing enough, and it accomplishes the it com yeah, it accomplishes what it's sent out to do, which is just being a distraction because it doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Frosta shows up in her ice armor, which we do get confirmation that she is not immune to the cold because she does not like wearing ice on her skin. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I guess having ice powers isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, yeah, she she bought she made a, a an arm a defense power that uh, gives her a lot, but she did not remember to buy life support cold environment. Yeah, and she's just like punching robots now. She's a lot less effective here than she was in the other fight because she's not using her distance freeze powers. <laughs> but either way, uh, Mermista floods the courtyard, which is not new. Uh, this is a thing she has done before, but she's yelling about how she's C-Ron now, so I guess that counts. <laughs> uh, and while they're confusing the Horde with their absolute oddities, Adora just kind of runs up the bridge into the fort, where she expects to meet Catra, but finds Scorpia instead. Uh, there's kind of a fight scene here. I'm not going to blow by blow this, but it is notable. Uh, Rogelio almost does shoot Bo with the anti-aircraft gun. He he gets close. Mm -hmm. uh, Glimmer teleports to save him, and then just straight up kills Rogelio. She drops yep. him 200 feet to his death. Uh-huh, that boy dead. <laughs> He's like, oh, they just actually recognized what my name was. <laughs> but that's her last teleport, I guess. She She's exhausted, so. Adora doesn't really believe that Catra isn't here, but Scorpia just kind of trashes her anyway. I guess you could say that Adora's distracted, but either way, Scorpia just throws the sword over the edge into the canyon. And then she just grabs Glimmer's head in her claws, threatening to drop her also. At which point, Glimmer starts punching her right in the face. Um, Scorpia is upset by this because she doesn't believe 
that you should punch the person who's threatening you with inevitable doom. He, I, is, hey, fair. <laughs> you probably shouldn't <laughs> give her any more reason to try to drop you. <laughs> but Glimmer manages to summon one last little bit of magic to what? She's essentially just throwing glitter in Scorpia's face, yeah. which causes Scorpia to throw her at Adora. Um, really, not it seems like Scorpia's release... gonna. Why does she not just release her and let her fall to her death? Why she throw her at uh, Dora and be like, here you go, your mission of saving your friend is now done for you immediately. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like Scorpio is going to win, but the other princesses all arrive, and we don't get to see this fight, but they throw Scorpio off the bridge instead, so she's and... also dead. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. So the princesses claim the fort and tear down the horde banners, and... Then we cut away to uh, specifically uh, 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 Scorpia and Rigelio and Lani and Kyle leaving. Not any of the rest of the Horde soldiers. They just leave everyone else behind. Yeah, they're and dead. <laughs> they just agree to blame this whole thing on Kyle and credits. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I feel like this supports my Kyle is a valuable translator theory because if they're going to blame him losing an entire fort, there's no way he doesn't get fired for this. Or or just executed, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't, so... <laughs> well, no, he does. It's just that we've established before that they just keep cloning him again. Every time that he dies, he's like, finally, sweet release, and then they just bring him back with the same memories uploading. He's like, God damn it, just let me stay dead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my episode. Yep. It's, um... there, there's more in these two episodes, at least from last week, but I also feel like there's not that much to really talk about this one much past that, because it's, it's kind of just a bit of a goof episode, I guess. Yeah, I feel like there's a really good angle they have there with Adora's, like, perfectionism, taking everything on herself, mm -hmm. but also, I don't, it just, there's not... It's more interested in the goof than it is in the story it's trying to tell, if that yeah, makes sense. Pretty much, yeah. Hmm. So, it's neat, but it's not D&D &D enough to be a D&D &D episode, and it's not anything else enough to be an anything else episode. It's <laughs> yeah, just kind of like, a thing. Like it, kind of, it kind of felt like that they were like, we, we just kind of need a filler episode here. I guess we'll have like at least some hint to like Adora's mental state, but aside from that, eh, it's just goofs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anything else about that one if we just want to move on to the next one. Yeah, sounds good. I feel a little bit bad because my synopsis for Whiteout is actually much shorter than my like <laughs> synopsis last week when I just got done saying, oh yeah, last week the episodes were kind of nothing, but then it's like, <laughs> oh wait, turns out the synopsis for Whiteout is actually kind of straightforward. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, well. not a lot of twists I, and turns in this one. I, I think it mostly comes with the fact that like we don't really have like a B-plot in Whiteout compared to most of the other episodes. Like Even in the previous one, even though they're all in the same location, basically, it's like we still have like that you know, cut between the two groups, basically. Where yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like you're Scorpia trying to, like, get intel and freaking out and everything. But, like, in this one, it's just, like, it's kind of just the, the group in one space. So it's not getting, jumping around to different people. So I guess that's why my synopsis is shorter. Yeah, pretty like, much. That yeah. and the fact that one of the main characters isn't a character in this episode, I think, is... <laughs> mm, yeah, a little bit. Because, <laughs> like... I, I don't know. I know we're going to talk about it, but Adora is not 
a character here. She's an obstacle, so I think... <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> they, they take her out in, like, pretty early on, and then it's like, okay, well, don't worry about her for the rest of this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. But yes, uh, episode 5, Whiteout, opens on a horde base in a snowy area of Etheria, which I don't think ever gets named, right? They don't really specify where they are, besides, like, during, like, the Northern Reaches or whatever. Uh, yeah, the Northern Reaches is the name that it's given. Yeah, alright, well, I, I don't think it necessarily... I, I don't know if that's, like, the official name, or it's just they're like, oh, it's just the Northern Reaches of Etheria. It's not like that's, like, capital N, capital A, or, or uh, no, can, N, capital N, capital R, or whatever kind of area. Uh, Northern Reach is a specific location. Uh, oh, well, never mind then. It's near the North Pole, but we don't know exactly where. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, there you go. I stand corrected. It will yes. also never come up again, so it does not matter that it's a specific <laughs> oh, location. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm proven wrong, and then also proven right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, and Jota and Katja are here at, like, this horde base, working on looking for some, like, first ones tech that's, uh, under the ice somewhere. With Enchata thinking it's part of the first one supercomputer, I don't remember if she's ever mentioned that there's a supercomputer before. Has uh, she? I don't... not using that word, but she has talked about Etheria being essentially yeah. a... Yeah, like, the whole time it is first one's tech, because it's, like, yeah. biomechanical or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. I just didn't remember her using the term supercomputer before. Yeah, she definitely has not used that word. <laughs> gotcha. Because uh, Catra's just in a rush to not disappoint Hordak because of, like, last week's episodes when she's like, yep, this shit's going bad, we need to get a win here. And never then bother to notice, like, a big, like, snow snake bug thing. I don't know how to really describe what these things look like. They, they kind of look like the, like, the dune sandworms, but as bugs, I guess. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. These are, uh, snow beasts, they're called. So, oh, okay. real original naming. Huh? Yeah, very creative. <laughs> Whatever. I'm mostly just gonna call them snakes or bugs because I feel like for the most part they just call them bugs as well. Yeah, but they remind like, me more like, like snakes. Big metal centipedes, basically. Yeah. I, they're like they're like snowy equivalents of like uh, the centipedal in the very first episode of Steam Universe, which I don't think you have the context for because I forget if you watched season one of Steam Universe or if you remember the very first episode. Uh, nope. <laughs> yep. Well, never mind. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, Seahawk is escorting the Breathrun squad to the Northern Reach as well on his boat, and he mentions how this is apparently his, uh, fifth iteration of the boat, because the fourth apparently died to termites, because we did see the third, uh, die in the season one finale, because he set that on yeah. fire again. So I guess just within the last month, he had termites eat his other boats, and now he's on the fifth one. I can't help but feel like he just bought a bad boat. <laughs> uh... Has he ever actually bought any of these boats? Because he got gifted the third one by Mermista during that episode, and then he just burned it. I feel like she just would have given him a fourth one that might have been infected with termites. I don't this know, guy, yeah. Th this guy also she just gave... does not... This guy does not strike me as the kind of person that has money to buy a boat. <laughs> she gave him uh, the second and third ones. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know about the fourth, but I don't, like... She's the princess, right? I don't think she would be giving away termite boats. And also, no. it is worth remembering that uh, he charges truly preposterous sums for uh, services true. to the point true. where even princesses were, like, doubtful if they could afford him. Fair. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like at the moment this guy is out of money and out of stuff to do, which is why he's just hanging around with them. Yeah, <laughs> he, hasn't been, he hasn't been in this season yet till this episode, so... 
Maybe they're like, Seahawk, you don't have anything going on because you haven't found work. Come help us with this. And he's like, okay. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, uh, he's just glad to have something to do since Mermista apparently like left him to his own devices for the weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Scorpio has also come along with the Horde search and basically just gives herself a gay pep talk to herself because she's trying to ask Catra out to hang out and not just like... Not the way that Catra phrases like we are hanging out because they're at work. It's like no, hang out outside of work. But <laughs> yeah, but she actually knocked over a container that has the uh, the robot murder virus first one's deck that Entrapped uh, apparently just brought with them after she fixed it way back in like season one episode six. I want to say, I think it was episode six. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she mentions how it shut off, uh, Shiro's powers, basically, which is Catra's ideas, of course, just like how anybody saying anything their Catra gives her ideas. But then they are alerted that all their drilling robots have been turned off at the same exact time, which is definitely not at all sus. <laughs> <laughs> and so somebody's, uh, turning off O2, and now they have to go try and check it out and see what's going on without getting murdered by the imposter. Ah. This, to be fair, this base, this map kind of does just remind me of the Polaris level of Among Us, the snowy one. <laughs> we had to go out of the base a lot to do stuff. That's fair. Uh, I've yeah. never played that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been playing it a long time. I don't think I ever actually played the airship level that they released some time ago. Yes, uh, Adora sees a like large track in the ground from one of the big like snake bug things, and Seahawk talks about rumors of giant beasts in the north as Bo's tracker pad finally works for once, and pinpoints that there's the first one's tech signature that they like directs them in the direction of where uh, Catra, Scorpion, and Chapter are, so they just start walking in that direction. Uh, the, again, I forget what Scorpio called the, equivalent of the best friend squad for the Horde guys, I don't remember. But they go check out the missing bots, but are just immediately confronted by the best friend squad that just rolls up, because apparently they don't have any amount of security here for them to catch the fact that rebellion people are just here in their base, so whatever. <laughs> But yeah, uh, they go ahead and just shit-talk each other as uh, Adora chases after Catra, because again, Adora at least recognizes that she's just going to fall for Catra's tricks, even though she's going to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and Glimmer and Seahawk fight Scorpia, and Seahawk just apparently has like a lightsaber now. I recognize that this is basically like his weapon from the 80s show, I think, right? Yeah, yeah he, hasn't he has had like a the... flaming sword thing back then. Yeah, but he hasn't had it yet in this show, and he just has it now. His little, like, rapier, like, lightsaber thing. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, it's just here now. Uh, while that's going on, Bo chases after Entrapped and trying to persuade her to stop messing around with stuff that nobody understands. But she's just, like, evading him using her hair to, like, swing around on, like, the catwalk and saying that that's what makes it fun. Which, <laughs> also fair. Not not, a, not at all uh, unrelatable, Cat and Trapta. It's like, yeah, you gotta find out stuff to figure out if you can make it work. <laughs> uh, Adora uses, like, the, the whip sword, in form of the sword, to, like, just pull Catra onto the ground. But when Adora obviously just won't bring herself to finish Catra off, just because she's just built that way and won't do it, uh, Catra just pulls out the, like, the virus tech disc, which apparently she just kept, and slaps Adora of it, turning her into the Red Rage Monster version of herself, which just <laughs> indiscriminately attacks everybody nearby. 
Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I did not expect to get Red Raid Monster back so soon. Like, I knew it was gonna come back, but I thought it yeah, would be another I, season or so. Yeah, I, I guess I also was thinking that, because it's like, they, they showed obviously that, like, Entrapta was fixing the disc and all, but it's like, it feels, it felt like that was, like, more something that was gonna be saved for, like, maybe, like, a season finale or something, where it's like, here it is, as opposed to just, like, this, like, I guess not mid-season, but essentially mid-season finale, since, like, seasons two and three are basically just split apart, rather than just one, because, like, I mean, because it's like, this is episode five, this season's only seven episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so close enough. I wouldn't even also... call this a mid-season finale, it's nah. just an episode. Yeah, pretty much. I, I feel like probably what happened here was that they had thought that they might use that for a big thing eventually, but eventually, but they redid their plans or came up with something else and they just needed to get rid of the plot. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's like, oh, we had ideas for this, but then it's like, yeah, we didn't fit, we couldn't fit it in later on. It's it's kind of like how apparently I read recently, like in the last couple of days, that apparently the original idea for Owl House was not the Collector, and like they kind of came up with the Collector idea after they were told about their shorter seasons. Yeah, I think I remember which seeing sounds, somewhere. Which sounds insane to think about, because it's like, oh, they, they do a lot with the Collector during the entirety of like, only like half of season two basically like ever since they show like a like hint of them in yeah uh episode eight the the fucking crazy hoodie episode <laughs> and it's like <laughs> jesus christ like most of that you just did in like half a season and it's like wow how did this how's this not the plan to start with but whatever <laughs> I don't know. uh but yes getting back to it uh bose try tries to uh stop uh, dora by shooting her with a net arrow but she just burst out and smashes the ground and causes all of her friends to fall in a hole because she just basically causes like a snow going of an earthquake i guess it's just an earthquake it's the actual name uh but then she just goes and plenty attacks katra and <clears throat> it's not as like brutal as the, th the fight between the dora and katra from the season one finale but she just fully kicks Catra's ass just handedly like just basically like grabs her by the ankle and just slams her into the ground like one fucking shot <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, well, I mean Catra's wearing shoes today so did she oh like, true yeah her powers are nerfed I, I, did see, I did see that in the trivia for this episode of like this is like one of only like two or three times that Catra ever wears shoes so obviously yeah she she doesn't have her normal like uh, she has a penalty to her art if to her AC since she doesn't have her full range of movement <laughs> on, I guess. But yeah, before Adora can just kill her, Scorpia tackles her away, which makes her drop the sword, and also makes her just pass out because she just goes out of rage monster form. And... yep. Yeah. Uh, Bo, Glimmer, and Seahawk basically just have to climb back up since Glimmer's out of spell slots already again, even though she used way less doing this than the previous episode. <laughs> just... I don't know, maybe she's as far away from the the runestone so she just has less of them or something, I don't know. Well, I mean, she has to recharge at the runestone, so presumably she's been doing teleports on her way up here, you know? Mm, yeah, maybe. She, she's not, she can't just take a short rest and get all her spell slots back, she has to go all the way back to base. Yeah, yeah there, there's some weird, like, home rule thing going here where it's like, yeah... For some reason, we felt like we had to nerf Warlocks, even though Warlocks, by design, have this less spell slots to compensate for having short rest spell slots instead of longest yeah. ones. Yeah, well, again, it's because she's she's not the princess connected to the Runestone. She has a half connection, so... <laughs> yeah. 
But yes, uh, while they're doing that, the Horde lesbians are planning to use the Corrupted Sword to have Adora attack the Rebellion and just basically turn their, like, greatest ally against them. And Catra just immediately wants to return to the Fright Zone, almost said Friend Zone again, goddammit, I should really just type this out rather than just do FC. Uh, <laughs> with her prize, while Entrapta wants to remain to check on the first one's tech, and when Catra goes to check on an alarm that's sounding in the base, uh, Dora just sneaks out somewhere with, like, as soon as Scorpius just turned her way and, like, has to be pointed to where she went by Entrapta. <laughs> <laughs> so, somehow Entrapta being the one who's more like perceptive even though she's distracted with her work whereas Scorpius just standing there <laughs> uh, Seahawk just continues to be depressed about Mermista basically like jumping him for the weekend <clears throat> and almost falls to his death <laughs> just while they're trying to climb up the big cliff as Adora is back to being drunk Adora and just bonks Scorpio with a mop <laughs> so Yep, just like you said, Adora is just really not a character in this episode. <laughs> not, yeah. not at all a factor. <laughs> I will say, I do like Seahawk's cold weather gear. He looks good. Yeah. He, he actually you know, kind of is more like the main character in this episode. Like, he and Scorpio are like the focal point of this one in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, speaking of, Scorpio's basically just about had it with how difficult her day is, especially when Adora just keeps, like, pressing buttons randomly on a door <laughs> to try to get her back to where Catra is, and also having to deal with Drunk Adora now, but the big part of the tunnel that was going to the rest of the base that they were about to go through is just fully eaten by one of the big snake bugs, so they just run back inside. Uh, Glimmer and the others also spot the big snake bug thing eventually, finally, and Seahawk runs off into the room where Adora and Scorpio are to take cover from the big snakes. And they basically just start playing tug of war for Adora, which would definitely tear off her arms of how strong Scorpio is. This, this lady's <laughs> dead. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Catra also ends up running away to an area where the bug snakes are after she, like, hears, like, the tunnel, like, starting to basically, like, shake and rattle around her. And Entrapta realizes that they basically must have freed them because of the drilling. So, good job there. <laughs> and... Or uh, drilling, well, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not like the, the world's gonna fuck you over in one way or another if you keep drilling stuff. <laughs> That's all. Uh, and elsewhere, Glimmer notices that their eyes are also red like when uh, Dora gets corrupted, and they have to teleport away from the the, the big bug snakes and end up right, getting right into Entrapta's lab right next to Catra to escape from them. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she said she had no more teleports left. <laughs> yep. Maybe maybe her maybe her spell slots work on like a cooldown where it's like oh just enough time has passed like you you can't get them back on a short rest but you have to wait like an hour between using any of them anyway. But I you don't only think but, that's but really they... the case. But I also like after the they capture catcher episode I don't super believe her when she says she's out of magic. You know I always feel like she's holding one in reserve. Yeah, she, she just keeps saying it aloud to try to fool everybody around her, even if it means that she's <laughs> fooling her allies at times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe she can just push herself, and then it's like, well, I, if I push myself too much, I might just pass the fuck out entirely. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, Scorpia is just basically hanging out with uh, fucking Seahawk, because they're just... Like, basically, she's just sad that Adora knows more about Catra even when they're enemies. And, like, they're just hanging out there bonding over not being included in their girlfriend's lives, basically. <laughs> and elsewhere, Bo is trying to convince Trapta again that what she's doing with the horde is bad. And doesn't, and she, 
something about it, what he says makes her realize that the the bug snakes are also first one's tech because first one's tech is like biomechanical and stuff so <laughs> i guess just because their eyes can turn red and everything it's like oh okay they obviously are some part of the same so they're first one stuff uh but yeah uh scorpion and seahawk during their bonding give themselves like both like big self-validation speeches and just go to fight the big bug snakes with adora waving a mop around to help them in a sense i guess <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just ends up fighting over the disc and the sword because, like, Catro just wants both. And obviously, like, one group wants the disc and one wants the sword, but Catro wants both of them. And Catro is almost basically eaten by one of these big snake bugs. And Scorpio, like, has the data disc and, like, Glimmer is trying to convince her to destroy it to stop everything here because otherwise they're all fucked. And Catro's like, don't you dare do that. But she's like, yep, sorry, but I gotta do that to save you and breaks it instead. <laughs> <laughs> stops, the, stops the snake bugs, makes sure Catra doesn't get eaten, and she just ends up grabbing both Catra and Entrapta, who, I didn't mention that Entrapta is also just basically covered in, like, a big, like, rug or whatever, basically, that both shot at her. <laughs> like, it's not like a net, she just seems like she's just, like, she seems like it's, like, the, uh, the burrito, uh, GF <laughs> meme goof or whatever that people do of, like, you know, wrapping up, <laughs> wrapping your favorite person in, like, a blanket as a burrito. Yeah. That's basically what she looks like at the moment. And she just, seems uh, perfectly happy to be tied up like that. Oh, yeah, no, that that seems comfy as hell. <laughs> like, it might be a bit annoying trying to get out since you're relying upon somebody else actually being nearby because you're not going to get have access to your arms, but it seems comfy. <laughs> but yes, uh, and they just escape from the base and just get the hell away from everybody else. <laughs> and on their boat home that they still actually have, somehow the snake bugs didn't just blow up their boat. And Trapta reveals again, as I mentioned earlier at the top of the episode, basically that she, uh, off screen, when nobody was paying attention, got the big first one's tech disc that was just there, and it's like basically bigger than her to the point she has to roll it. And she just didn't bother to mention it to anybody because she didn't want to ruin the excitement of everything else going on. <laughs> and just rolls off happily with it, saying that uh, Hordak will be so happy that he has his, like, thing to power his portal tech. Yep. And Katja finally decides to actually say thank you to somebody for the first time in her life, and thanks Scorpia for saving them, and shares her blanket with her, and Scorpia continues to talk about how they can have a board game night, <laughs> because she was trying to like convince Katja to play board games earlier, because she just can't ask her out on a date directly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of it for that episode. Like I said, it's kind of a short synopsis, but it's like, it's not yeah. the most, it, it's, I mean, stuff happens in it because they get that big data disc and all, but it's like, it's kind of a smaller episode in a sense, because it's just a bunch of people in one location having to deal with like the same problem in a sense. Yeah, it definitely feels a lot more like the season one episodes, just yeah. the sort of direct through line, you know? Yeah, of, like, there's problem A, we're gonna go there, and then, like, problem A gets resolved, but then, like, problem B happens, there's your A results. Like, it feels it feels a lot like the episode when Trapta was introduced, in a sense, because, again, like, the, the, the rage disc thingy shows up again, and it's yeah. like, you know, like, hey, they resolved that and everything, because it gets broken again, but... Like, in Trapta, is like, you know, in the first one, she's revealed to be fixing it, but in this one, she's like, hey, well, I got a bigger, better one, so fuck that thing, I guess. Because yeah, they, 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 they don't show them keep the pieces of the, the virus disc, so it's like, I don't know if this comes back again. I, I see would honestly be surprised it didn't. Uh, it shouldn't. I mean, they, they 
I don't know. They, they certainly didn't grab the pieces, but also she didn't grab that disc either. So yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's like I mean, even when the the one that's broken the the first time around, like we didn't see Entrapped that grab like pick up the pieces. She just was shown in like the end of episode the Stinger that she still had it. Yeah. So yeah. it's weird, but yeah. either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's kind of all I have about note, it. <laughs> I, I do have a note mm-hmm. on this episode, and that is that uh, at the end, when Scorpia picks up Entrapta and Catra, uh, 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 and she's running out, there's a shot, Catra sort of looks up and sees how chiseled Scorpia is for the first time, and mm-hmm. you get a shot at uh, Seahawk, and he really seems to be, I don't know, he's happy. He, he's proud. He feels like she's been recognized, and I appreciate that. They have that solidarity, even though yeah, like they're it's not his... spoken, but it's you can see it on his face. <laughs> yeah, like they they might be on opposite sides of this conflict, but like they did have their like bonding experience of feeling like they weren't being appreciated, and then he he sees that it's like oh okay, and in some level, Catra does actually respect Scorpio, even though she doesn't show it as much. Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah fairly simple episode um mm-hmm. i do have a couple things for the uh, 80s show flashbacks mm-hmm. but it's not I, I, i'd imagine yeah because like i mean the previous episode they had a bunch of jokes about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's, it's it's pretty low level stuff if i'm honest because everything that they do is more or less on its face you can see what's going on um the only things that are really worth noting is that uh, the end of Roll With It, they use for the finale credits uh, for the honor of love, which is our ending theme, but they use a uh, updated cover version of it, and that's the first time they've done that. That is the end mm. theme from the original She-Ra series. Yeah. And the other thing is that uh, Snow Beasts did appear in the original series. Uh, they did not look like snow beasts as they are now. Uh, these only appeared in the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special, and they're very much more Yeti-like. Yeah, that's definitely that. That is that. I would say that's actually probably closer to like like werewolf in a sense rather than Yeti. Yeah, I think like it's, the I think only it's things they the... catch really are the red eyes and the teeth. Other than that, it's a totally yeah. different creature. Yeah, it does straight up have like the snake fangs, even if it has this like you know normal like wolf like appearance for the rest of it, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have any trivia because, like, aside from like that bit, apparently this is like one of only a few times that Catcher ever wears boots <laughs> or any <laughs> sort of sort of shoes. Uh, my transformation counter is at seven though, because we actually did have one. We kind of skipped over hey. it in uh, near the end of. The episode four, but yeah, like when they just decide to say "fuck it," we don't need a plan and just go like that anyway. Like Adora did the proper transformation, which they, they I feel like they've they've done like maybe like what three transformation sequences in like the entirety of season one, and they're just keep putting them in season two because I guess yeah. maybe they're like this is a smaller season, and we need to pad out time. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't know. Makes makes sense though, I guess, because it's like yeah, this is. This season has been, I wouldn't say a bummer, but it feels like it's been less interesting than season one so far. Yeah, it's it's definitely a slow point, but we'll get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't really 
I mean, I guess I could pad out the uh, the 80s show flashback segment by talking about how the episode this no beast appears in starts with He-Man's buddy Orko going to actual Earth and learning what Christmas is, but <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I don't, I'm just going to move to questions, I think. Yeah, that sounds uh, about right. So if you have questions, you can send those to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter or usweirdos at gmail.com. Uh, this week we do have a couple of questions from M. Healy at M. of Healy on Twitter. Could Scorpia be gayer? Yes. <laughs> really? She could How be you... gayer by being absolutely direct and saying she wants to go out with Katra because at this point she's just talking about like hanging out and playing board games. Impossible. That's not how lesbians work, and you know it. <laughs> Actually, I would not, because I've never asked anybody out on a date, really. Aside from, like, three oh. times through, like, okay, Cupid, which went nowhere. <laughs> so, I, fair. Yeah. I don't know. It's just sort of the stereotype that lesbians can never tell when someone else is a lesbian, and so they end up dancing around it for years sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, thank you for that, M. We also have some questions from... Aurora Birthday, uh, at Casey Cosmos on Twitter. <laughs> uh, what alternate universe Catros would you want to meet in Catra Into the Catraverse? <laughs> I mean, we got some solid picks today. Uh, we didn't talk about it really, but Perfuma's version of Catra is like a mean children's drawing. <laughs> <laughs> like one of them is straight up, uh, I mean, the one that Bo has is also straight up turns into a panther like the original Catra could do. But there, yeah. but there was also a dragon in his version because he just had a dragon mini. <laughs> yeah, Bo makes his own. Bo, Bo makes his own minis, and yet he still ends up buying blind boxes that he can't get the right minis from. Well, he didn't expect to need that many for some reason, <laughs> but brought it anyway. <laughs> Even though they know that the horde does not have dragons, he still brought the dragon mini anyway <laughs> to the encampment. <laughs> But yes, um, also, uh, skipped over this earlier, but I absolutely love Frost's version of Catra, who is just in the party outfit and, quote, loves ruining things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the just the, the descriptor of I love ruining things is very good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know, as far as original Catras go, I'd kind of like to see one that just was a cat, because I think that would be fun to interact with the others. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's, would it just be, would it just be meowing, or would it still have Catra's voice? No, absolutely just meows. Totally yeah, normal like, cat. Yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's like the, the one, like, uh, Shira universe where everybody is just their personas, and it's like, it's, it's weird because it's like, does Catra's persona technically count as a cat just because she's a cat? And it's like, oh, I guess, whatever, we didn't think that far. <laughs> uh, in Persona universe, Catra's a human. Oh, <laughs> uh, true, yeah, yeah, she would be. She has her human sona, whatever, he has a persona. Well, I guess also Regelio has a human sona since he's a big lizard guy. Yeah. Possibly Scorpio. Uh, jury's still uh, out on that one. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I, I could see Scorpion going either way of ever being just a full scorpion or a human lady. Yeah. I guess. Maybe oh. maybe it's because like she's like she still has like some parts in her that are like more like human colored skin, I guess. Because like she only has like the carapace on certain parts mm -hmm. of her, even though she still has a tail. Like cat Catra's is fully covered in fur, so it's like I feel yeah. like she's like more of a cat than Scorpion is more of a scorpion. That's true. Uh, forgot to mention, uh, absolutely love Scorpio's little mittens. They're adorable. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, also from Aurora, after the whole war thing, how do you think Princess Alliance Tabletop Night ends up going? <laughs> Uh, probably chaotic as hell because of just like how they didn't even have like a rule book here for this little bit when they were just trying to plan other stuff. Yeah, like I Bo, think if they Bo had definitely an established is... rule book, they absolutely mm-hmm. would do okay. But they're just kind of jumping in here to ruin things, yeah. and I'm not I, super I, sure why. <laughs> I feel like the the best way for it to go is Bo has to be the GM. I feel like he would keep everybody on track and actually, like, establish, like, the rules and not, like, be like, you can't just make up shit. You gotta, the rule book, like, yeah, like, homebrew rule is accepted and, like, sometimes DMs make changes, but, like, the rule book exists for a reason. I mean, I see where you're coming from with that, but also, in Bo's fantasy, he did literally the same thing Glimmer did, which was just him doing everything while everyone else stands back and watches. Well, yeah, because Bo's the only guy that doesn't have magic. He wants to be the special boy. <laughs> yeah, but I just, you know, GM PCs are no fun. <laughs> Wait, no. Um, unless sometimes when it's just, like, for one session and it's just to do a fucking Witcher joke, like we had in our <laughs> D&D 5e campaign once, like, straight up, like, we helped the guy, like, hunt uh, Hydra, and he was just a, a, an XP of Geralt to the point where, like, he was using, like, the, the Blood Hunter class just <laughs> to have, like, the mutagen equivalent. And all he did was say, hmm, and fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And also he told me that, like, armor I found was haunted with ghost stuff. (laughs) Naturally, the way you do. Yeah. (laughs) Mostly I just feel like the table is too big. Even with just this party, that's that's a lot of players. And yeah. if it's the entire Princess Alliance, then you got to get Spinnerella and Natasha in there as well, and that's too much. Potentially also Angela. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, maybe. I don't know. Angela is a princess. If you want to be technical about it, she maybe, did. maybe, maybe she's the GM because she's the queen, and maybe they let Bo join it anyway because he's like honorary princess. That's. I would have concerns about Angela as GM, mostly because her whole thing is don't actually fight the war, just stand around. Oh, <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> She, she makes an entire campaign that's like 80 sessions long and there's never any combat and it's like we, we, we get that sometimes you just want to have the session where it's just talky stuff but like sometimes you want to actually just like fight a goblin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And she would have like brutal retributions if they ever started a combat when they weren't supposed to. They would just get stomped so hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there's, now there's just a giant dragon. Have fun. Yeah, that's that's you didn't the kind fo- of GM you didn't follow is. my you didn't follow my railroad plots, and now you get a dragon in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think they'd figure it out, but it might take some work. Yeah. Uh, our last question, also from Aurora, uh, something something Xenoblade Three. Uh, Chloe, <laughs> to respond. <laughs> uh, good game. Nice. Uh, Senna is very gay for Bo. <laughs> she, she straight up has like a, one of the like after battle quotes that she can that some characters can have is her asking Mio if she saw how she was in the fight and Mio and Mio just says yeah you are cool. So yeah it's very gay. There are also parts where like when you're at like the campsite stuff where sometimes Mio will help comb her hair. So yeah it's also gay. <laughs> they also exercise together. They do like a little like hand holdy like stretching and stuff. Also very gay. <laughs> Good game. Um, okay, I have an update on Seahawks Sword. Uh, it 
is apparently not a lightsaber, <laughs> even though it looks like that. Um, it is called Seahawk's Golden Sword, shockingly enough. Can't imagine why an egotist would name it that. Mm, yeah. And uh, it is a blunt weapon. It is not, in fact, a sword. What? <laughs> Yep. You can't you can't call it Seahawk's Golden Sword <laughs> if it doesn't do slashing damage. Maybe I would accept piercing damage because like a rapier is still technically a kind of sword, even if it's a puncture sword instead of a stabby, a slashy sword. But it's like, it's, is it just like a? Is it basically just like a big solid like gold pipe that just is really thin? So that's why you're just bashing people in the head with it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. I guess charitably you could call it a metal bucket, but. <laughs> okay. He, yeah, calls it the, he calls it a sword. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. I guess maybe if you had just like a big like wooden dowel and you had the fourth binder, you could stab a person with it, but still. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, a note here. Um, it appeared in Whiteout. We saw it today. And it's going to show up a bunch of times in Season 5, but he will not use it between the two. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I got. Ben. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else for this episode. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to mention before we go no. to plugs? No, I think that's really it. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, well, if you have enjoyed the show, uh, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket. Uh, not so much on Twitter right now because I have a week left in class and six more assignments to do, so I'm panicking. Well, yeah, you did raise that as like, yeah, you basically have to do like one assignment a day for the rest of the semester. And it's like, oh boy, I didn't realize that your semester is only six days at least, or like a week left at least. I thought it was like way longer. <laughs> to be fair still no no it's not, just a week but it's, yeah, it's not a not a fun prospect whether it was like a week or a month left but still yep. <laughs> like it, it, it god if it, if you still like a month left and you had to do one a day for a whole month that would just be hell i would <laughs> least, quit yeah like at, at least it's just like yeah you have six within the next seven days and it's like that that's still rough but at least that's more manageable than having to do like once a day for a whole month yeah it is it is a lot, but I don't know what happened. I finally managed to make a little bit of progress with my whole executive block thing, and it's not perfect yet, but I'm making <laughs> forward momentum instead of sitting in place, so... Well, that's good, at least. I have a chance, and that's what matters. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't envy your position because it's like I don't. I. I don't. I remember being in school and it was rough. It wasn't as rough as that, but it still wasn't great. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm not gonna say it's my fault because I have a condition and that has dramatically influenced my behavior over the course of the semester. Yeah. But. At the same time, it is not on my professors. They did not assign six assignments in this last week of school. I am playing catch-up. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. I guess you can't blame them then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, as always, uh, I'm at Chloe Phil Chaos. Uh, my, my Twitter feed at the moment is just Xenoblade, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? It's it's a new game. It just released a week ago, of course. It's like, of course, I'm going to talk about Xenoblade. Uh, it's mostly me. It's, 
supposed to be me like just taking pictures of like goofy stuff and then I noticed like how I got a subclass that just has two pistols and I realized that since uni's the uh, like the snarky like uh Hyantia aka like angel head wing person can have them I just took a screenshot of her like just holding them and it, because it's a very powerful image of just this snarky girl just holding two fucking giant guns <laughs> <laughs> and, and also uh what the fuck was it? Uh, I mean, a lot of it has just been me just like retweeting a lot of other fan art of that and stuff, or like t retweeting pictures of like the new the new Whooper because the new Whipper is great. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone we... loves the new Whooper, and that yep. is a good thing. A and everybody also loves Fido. That's true, it's... and I everyone loves Lechonk. I I've seen so many different names for a Fido evolution that are just very good dog and bread buns. Like I, I still I think I still like purebred or uh, pure breed. No, they, no, it was purebred the most. Yeah, yeah. like bread with the, you know E A not E E. <laughs> so it's like I've seen that, but I've also seen a lot of other ones where I'm trying to let's see, let's see if I can find that real quick. Uh, I've also seen other ones of people talking about like how like shiny uh, Fido should look like burnt like toast <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh i don't know i can't find it whatever <laughs> oh wait no there it is uh right one of them i saw that i really liked was barklava <laughs> and also uh chudel because i guess like c-h-o-q-x is like a kind of bread or something i don't know it's probably like italian or something and also a Dober bun and oh right ruffian or uh, not ruffian uh ruffin like muffin but yeah. rough <laughs> yeah that was also a really good one <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still torn about those games because it's like I, I like the Pokemon designs they've shown so far but I also don't have a lot of confidence in like the open world design because they said based on the phrasing it doesn't sound like gyms scale based on how many badges you have or progress in the game yeah, like, it's, like, that one, like, thing on the, the website was basically just, like, you could go to a stronger gym if you want. So it's, like, that just makes it seem like it's, like, there's still, like, basically, like, a, like, pretty much, like, progression of them if you want to actually go not have a hard time trying to fight, like, a level 70 gym with level 5 guys or whatever. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. like, I, I did not like the raid battles. So, like, them basically saying, we've revitalized raid battles, and now you have, like, weird, like, crystal gem stuff on your Pokemon. It's, like, it's... Oh, boy. Even, like, when when they're showing, like, that stuff for a game that releases in, like, three months, and it's, like, the frame rate sucks in it, it's, like, oh, that doesn't give confidence, because the frame rate in Sword and Shield also sucked a lot. <laughs> uh... I mean, I loved the raid battles in Sword and Shield, but also, if you were going to bring them back, I needed more of a shake-up than just, actually, you have less people on your team this time. Yeah, like, you would hope that, like, at a minimum, they, like, you know, for instance, make the AI in them not suck ass. That would be nice. Because <laughs> the AI in Sword and Shield's raid battles sucked ass. <laughs> Everybody remembers that, like, gentleman guy with his, like, Oh, what the fuck Pokemon was it? Uh, now I'm curious. I want to find this out. Uh, I don't remember the gentleman, but I know that I hated that Soul Rock. Oh yeah, the Soul Rock. I think it was. It might have actually been that Soul Rock. Was that what the guy? Yeah, Gentleman Martin had the Soul Rock that had Cosmic Power, ah, Rock Throw, oh. Psychic, and Rock Polish. Yep, that was him. <laughs> that that fucker. <laughs> that asshole. Yep. Fuck that guy. <laughs> but yeah, so. 
We'll, we'll probably talk about that more later as we get more information about Pokemon eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because, like, based on, like, how, like, Pokemon always goes, it's like, yeah, they basically not really show a whole lot of Pokemon for, like, months, and then it's, like, in the, la in the last, like, three weeks before release, somehow it leaks, and it's, like, all yeah. the details are known, and it's, like, surprisingly, like, they haven't actually, like, I've seen people talk about, like, air quotes leaks of, like, Stardew Revolutions, but at the same time, like, the translation under them is basically just, like, in, like, bad Japanese, basically just, like, it's, like, a call-out post from the person that made the fucking fake thing being, like, it's, like, stuff like, oh, how, how are you guys all dealing without having girlfriends or some shit? It's, like, a little, like, shit yeah. post message, and it's, like, this is clearly fake <laughs> kind of stuff. But yeah. it's, like, it, yeah, like, I remember because, like, I don't remember if, the starters in store and sealed release like leaked at this point but like i definitely remember pictures of uh incineroar decidueye and pre-marina released like in like the summer of 2016 and then they were confirmed to be real but yeah like three weeks out before those games release and like sometime in like late october or whatever everything will leak and then it's like yeah this isn't a surprise that this is all real because <laughs> it yeah. happens all the time with pokemon <laughs> I don't know. The only thing I really have to say at this point is that uh, I don't recall any Pokemon game in the past having this universally beloved amount. Uh, just people seem to love every new Pokemon that's been revealed so far, yeah, with the possible there's... exception of Quaxley. It's way more than it's yeah, ever been. Quaxley, I feel like, can just be a bit problematic, because people are, like, pretty certain that Quaxley will basically evolve into, like, a Conquistador kind of duck, based on its, like, hat thing that it has. I and, have like, seen a lot of people saying that Quaxley is a cop, so... Yeah, and it's like, yeah, Conquistador is probably not a great idea for a Pokemon evolution. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. like, it, it, it does seem like a lot of people kind of feel like... I, I remember this being, like... I think it's based on, like, some, like, uh, like, fucking, like, uh, Spanish, like, dragon or a sense, but people think that Fuecoco will be Fire Fairy? Like, it, it, that, that seems like that'd be interesting, because I don't think Fire Fairy's been a thing yet. I don't remember the, I, it's like, something like that is, like, people think that, but I don't remember anything about Sprigatito. Aside from all the people that keep are like, I want this cat to grow legs and be buffed just because I hate Pokemon fans. And it's, like, <laughs> stuff like, it's, like, Incineroar just, like, trying to, like, basically grab, like, uh, Sprigatito by, like, the front legs being like, where's your rage, fries? <laughs> I kind of deal just because everybody was like, yeah, people like Lin, and then they're like, oh, no, they ruined Lin. And it's like, meanwhile, I'm like, no, they made Lin better because it's in the world rules. <laughs> I like that stupid fucking heel Russell cat. <laughs> stupid buff I cat. <laughs> don't have faith in this because I've been spoiled a lot, by which I mean I've had two starters that evolved into ghosts already. But if there's any Pokemon starter that I wanted to have a ghost evolution, it is Fuecoco, because Ghost Pepper. It's a... Yeah, yeah I, I have also <laughs> seen that, besides Fire Fairy, I have seen people say Fire Ghost because of, you know, Ghost Pepper. Because yeah, he is a, he's a little, like, Chili Pepper or whatever. He's a little Chili mm -hmm. Crocodile. Yeah. It, it fits. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the extent of my takes on Pokemon right now. Yeah. More ghosts. <laughs> I, I think it's also just, like... I don't know, I guess it's kind of hard to get a gist of, like, what they could be, because, like, of the last three generations, like, two of the starter generations have been, like, themed, because, like, Gen 6 was, like, the, like, fighter, rogue, thief kind of thing. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, no, fighter, mage, thief, I'm saying. Yeah. And then, like, uh, Gen 8 was, like, 
popular UK like pastimes or hobbies, which is why you had like musician, like spy, <laughs> and soccer, <laughs> or sorry, <laughs> football, <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, like uh, yeah, no, I don't know, because then like Gen Seven was not, because it was just like big owl archer, like trans seal circus performer thing, and wrestle heel cat. Well, <laughs> so I don't know that much. that's like. That's it's it's a ranger, a monk, and a bard. It's not. <laughs> I guess continue the. I I guess you can interpret it like that, but I feel I feel like it was like more stronger of a connection in Gen Six, just because you like I mean like one of them straight up had like fucking like magical fire or like mystical fire as like their move, and the other had like yeah. a big shield, and. I guess, like, the shuriken is really not, like, a rogue thing, but it's close enough. I guess it's, like, more like ninja. Yeah. I don't know. I just see those two generations as one six-player party, so to speak. Mm, yeah. But either way, uh, we did our uh, outros, like, ten minutes ago, so... <laughs> and then we started talking about Pokemon, yeah. Uh, as, as we do. So I think we're... It's probably time for us to wrap up, but mm-hmm. yeah, we already did our Twitter plug, so no worries there. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure we've got a lot more to say, but for now, uh, remember, us That's weirdos have to, to stick together. together. Bye. Bye.